You're listening to the Bottom Line Podcast, where those living with or beyond bowel cancer, as well as health professionals involved in bowel cancer treatment and care, share their inspirational stories and lived experiences with host and bowel cancer survivor, Stephanie. Today, we're chatting with Donna Hope. Donna has been a wonderful advocate for Bowel Cancer Australia. She was diagnosed in 2013, aged 43. Donna is a mum. She was raising four children at the time and navigating the world of state politics in Victoria. She chats with us today about the challenges, learnings and tips for all Australians about her bowel cancer journey. Donna, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Bottom Line podcast. You and I have known each other for all of that time (laughs) um, because I was diagnosed at a similar time. So thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. Thanks, Stephanie. Firstly, you recently celebrated a big milestone birthday. I did. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It was absolutely brilliant to make it to 50, I have to say. Uh, Well, that was my next question. How did you feel about reaching this age? Oh, look, I was just delighted. And I think, uh, well, I actually even though I celebrated my 50th several weeks back, I turned 50 in 2020, but as we know, lots of milestone events had to be put on hold in 2020. So uh, it it was really just such a special occasion to get together with family and friends. And actually as part of my, you know, my thank you speech, I acknowledged how incredibly special and powerful it felt Uh, reaching 50 because when I was 43 and diagnosed with cancer you know that seemed almost impossible so I was so pleased to you know have beaten the big C and uh, it was such a special celebration and I'm I'm, you know there's not a day that doesn't go by that I'm so grateful. It is it changes your perspective doesn't it I know I also turned 50 last year and Lots of people go, oh, I'm going to be 50. And I, like you, was like, I've reached 50. So every birthday for me is a celebration. Growing old is a privilege denied to many, I always say. So I never complain about it. No, 100%. How's your health now? Fantastic. I'm over seven years now since my cancer diagnosis, but really great health. Oh, bravo. It's, it, it is a wonderful feeling. So... I'm going to step back a little bit and take you back. You were diagnosed at 43. What symptoms did you experience? For how long did you have those symptoms? And what ultimately prompted you to have them investigated? Well, my world, as I know it, changed on the 1st of March in 2013. Up until then, I had had a a clear bill of health. I'll take you back nine months before my diagnosis because I uh, had been experiencing quite significant symptoms, but I had been ignoring them. So I made a mistake that that nearly cost me my life. Uh, And I think that's a message that I really am very happy to share with people that if you do have symptoms, certainly don't ignore them. I'd been experiencing significant abdominal pain, I had been walking the Kokoda track nine months earlier, actually, which was a great achievement. But uh, without realising it, I was not only trying to get through the Kokoda 
uh, track, which was a pretty gruelling experience, but I was also carrying extra weight of this tumour that I really didn't um, realise I had. So I'd walked the Kokoda track, had very severe abdominal pain during that 12 days of extreme exercise in New Guinea and hiking. Um, I came home, uh, got back into my busy life as a member of parliament, being a mum, sort of every hour back then seemed to be scheduled. I, you know, I'd been living with extreme discomfort. So yes, looking back, I realised that I just started living with that discomfort and accepting the pain as my part of my everyday life. I had abdominal cramps, fatigue, and lower back pain. So it was nine months after my symptoms and after that Kokoda track that I decided to visit my GP to check it out. I had a series of sort of over four weeks, CT scans, MRIs, blood tests. They were all inconclusive, which were interesting, you know, and I was totally frustrated, Stephanie. I had no idea as, as to the pain source until a colonoscopy. Did the GP recommend a colonoscopy at the first instance or it was really the last instance? It was the last instance. I was actually on my way out of the GP clinic when he suggested, oh, actually, why don't we look at a colonoscopy? He said, you know, do you have any family history of bowel cancer? And I just looked at him and said, well, actually, I do, I'm, but I'm only 43. And he said, well, I think we need to get a colonoscopy. So what did I do? I had three colonoscopies booked in and I cancelled them over the next four weeks because I had very busy appointments that I had to attend. So it wasn't until uh, I re recall on the 1st of March 2013 that I went in on a Saturday for my colonoscopy. And after the colonoscopy, my endoscopist, she's absolutely fabulous, uh, she called me into the consulting suite um, and mentioned that they'd discovered such a large blockage even the paediatric scope was unable to push past. Uh, and that following week, I spent meeting with my fabulous bowel surgeon and having urgent CT scans. Um, and then a team was pulled together to operate the following Saturday with nearly seven hours of surgery. And uh, on the fifth day after that, I was told that the tumour was malignant and, yes, you have bowel cancer were words that I never expected to hear and life-changing. And, Donna, at any point in that nine months when you were going through that pain and you're not alone, I did exactly the same thing, did you think I have symptoms that could be bowel cancer? You know, in my in my defence, I referred to Dr. Google quite a lot, and I know you shouldn't do that, but I thought maybe I was lactose intolerant, fructose intolerant. I just tried to self-diagnose all of these different things. And I got to the point where I thought, you know, something is really seriously wrong. A cancer diagnosis affects everyone really differently. Mentally, how did you cope with the diagnosis? I look back to being in the ward when my bowel surgeon said, you know, you have bowel cancer, there's certainly words that I never expected to hear. My first thought was I want to see my four beautiful boys grow up. They were on their way with 
sort of finishing school. I didn't know what careers they were going to be in. And I wanted, I thought, gee, I really want to meet their partners. I want to be there. I want to be a grandmother. And actually in saying that now, over the seven years, I'm just so privileged to have seen them grow up because they're now, you know, a paramedic, a marine mechanic, a carpenter and a second year paramedic. So amazing. It's just such a privilege, especially to be told at the time that, you know, the tumour was likely to be there having been there, you know, since being a little polyp to almost one and a half fist sizes that it had been there for years. You know, I certainly dodged a bullet as in three months I would have had a 50% chance of survival. So uh, we were certainly very lucky that it was operable and, you know, nearly seven hours of surgery got rid of it. I think that's really important, Donna, for our listeners is that if you do have symptoms, do act on them. Don't put it off and say you're too busy like you and I did. We were really lucky, as you said. We both dodged bullets, but some people don't. And the longer you delay, the worse the outcome will be. Absolutely. Well, you know, if I had have, if I had have looked into those symptoms nine months earlier, it would have been so different. But, you know, by the time they found it, it had metastasized, I ended up with that nearly seven hours of surgery, uh, followed by the six months of chemo. But my life was certainly thrown into turmoil. But having the chemotherapy, I continued to work and I continued to represent my community. Um, There were certainly dark days, but looking back, I had amazing support of um, my family uh, and my community that, that certainly help get me through and and always looking for a positive in every situation. That's when I decided to raise awareness. I thought being an elected member of parliament at the time uh, was a great opportunity to actually be public in my diagnosis, to be open and, and say to people, I have bowel cancer and I ignored my symptoms. And this is a big problem that we're facing in society. If we don't talk about bowel cancer and you know, it's not a sexy topic to talk about, but we have to talk about it being our second biggest cancer killer. So uh, I used that really dark time. To me, um, I shone a light on bowel cancer awareness and it was a, a great opportunity. It's certainly an incredible journey and, and one that I never imagined I'd be travelling. You talk about chemo and going through that. Was there any other treatment or it was just chemo? Uh, just the surgery where the tumour was removed and then I had six months of chemotherapy. Are there any other tips for those who might be going through chemo currently that you can impart? Just to you know, take the time out and really look after yourself. At the time I had, you know, even though I had the diagnosis, I had a huge a huge amount on my plate. It was also the year of a, a state election, so I was conscious of having to continue to represent my community. And fortunately, my treatment worked and I was incredibly lucky. But looking back, I really didn't take the time out to focus on myself, but also to ask for help. I think people love being part of your journey and you need a community around you. You can't battle something like this on your own. So just, I suppose, looking back, taking all of those offers for help is such a lovely thing, not just for yourself, but for the other, for other people that are 
maybe struggling with your diagnosis and wanting to do their part just to make your world a little bit better. You mentioned your family and your four boys, who I know, you know, over the period of time that we've known each other, you've shared many beautiful stories with me. How did you share your diagnosis with your family and more broadly your friends? Two of my sons had driven me to my colonoscopy. My boys knew that potentially there was something that was not looking right, but still I continued to protect them. And I had all of the boys around me when, you know, when I had that cancer diagnosis. And again, you know, they all dealt with it in different ways. It was, yeah, it was just a terrible looking back. It was a really dark, horrible time. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I remember thinking, I just so want to be a grandmother. You know, and I'm not a grandmother yet. <laughs> but, but I just thought I so need to be here for my boys. And, you know, I knew the reality of cancer. And, and that's why it's such a privilege because, you know, it does not discriminate. But from that moment, you know, I was very honest and open with the boys and, and just they were an incredible support. I had one of my sons one day, my youngest, Jefferson, he just said to me, Mum, I just can't face going to school. I'm dealing with, you know, he, he was only a teenager at the time, but he said, I'm just dealing with so much he said can I can I come with you to hospital today with your chemo and and he was gorgeous and he you know also when I was in hospital after my surgery he just came in and he got the hairdryer and dried my hair after it had been washed by one of you know the nurses and that was his way of dealing with it and they all just dealt with it in so many different ways but they were incredible support I'd like to now talk about when you're in state politics. You're obviously very, very busy. That alone comes with great pressure. How did you navigate this with your cancer diagnosis? Well, Stephanie, I was used to having a, you know, quite a hectic, busy, um, long weeks. And so I just wove my chemotherapy into, into my week and I, Whenever I could, I tried to continue to support my community. Really looking back, I didn't put myself first, even having had that cancer diagnosis. But um, but I used any opportunity and, and I felt that this was a great coping mechanism for me. Um, being public in my diagnosis, um, I saw the, a great opportunity just to raise awareness of bowel cancer. And I believe I was one of the first people in public office to be actually open and honest about having bowel cancer, just, you know, being able to say, standing up in parliament and saying, I have bowel cancer and sharing my story. But that's one of the, the things looking back, everyone knew someone that had passed away with bowel cancer because it's, you know, it's a, a reality and it's a real threat in our community. But that was really difficult at the time and just knowing how to navigate that. You know, and I had two funerals of people that I'd met uh, with bowel cancer while I was still being treated and you know they were some of the most difficult times looking back you know sitting at a funeral looking at a casket and thinking gee am I next but it, it's an it's been an incredible journey you know one I, I never ever imagined I'd travel but I still have people sending me messages saying you know if we hadn't have heard your story or you hadn't have been so open and transparent with it 
while you were dealing with bowel cancer. We would never have had that colonoscopy, but we did and we detected bowel cancer. So, or we found a polyp. And that is just to me, has been such a privilege to be sharing my journey with with others and having and it having made an impact a positive impact 100% and on behalf of us at Bowel Cancer Australia thank you because what you do do and what you have done by going public as a public figure has really helped raise that awareness so thank you you're now flying you're an air what 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 is your official title an air attendant well um, I still say air hostess, but I think flight attendant, and I think that's just showing <laughs> showing our age. But yes, flight attendant uh, with uh, the Qantas Group and Jetstar. Yes, so it's great. This was a childhood dream of mine, and uh, just prior to COVID, I I got my wings and was flying for six months before lockdown of nine months, and back in the skies again. I might just say for our listeners, we're recording this today and it's the first day of Melbourne's fourth lockdown Mm -hmm. and you and I are both pretty much make-up free today. Um, We are. (laughs) So you're you're flying and obviously when I fly, I find that the altitude plays havoc with my bowels. Played havoc with my bowels before my bowel cancer, but it plays havoc with my bowels even more since I've had bowel cancer. You're flying two or three times a week normally. How do your bowels cope? And have you got any great tips for us? Look, I just, you're right, altitude certainly does affect you. But I just tend to try and not have much to eat before I fly, just to keep drinking water and just be conscious of, you know, what I tend to eat. I mean, being um, a flight attendant, you know, I, I have, there are periods where I just cannot get to a bathroom and whether that's, you know, you've, you've locked the, the aircraft doors, you're arming the doors, the planes starting to, you know, reverse back. We're doing our safety demonstration, doing all our final checks, cabin preparation. There's just no opportunity to go to the toilet. So I just have to be confident, um, I think sometimes, you know, your mind can play a very big part in that. You know, if if I'm initially I was a little bit anxious and what if I'm sitting, you know, in my crew seat at takeoff and I can't get to the bathroom. But, you know, I'm very, I'm lucky that my bowel has been um, quite respectful and that I haven't had any any problems but I take a really good probiotic every day and that is important I think that really helps just with making sure that your gut health and anything like that is especially with the cabin pressurization that seems to help but just just being um just making sure I don't eat any foods that will aggravate my uh, system while I'm flying how has bowel cancer changed your lifestyle habits and also changed your perspective on life, Donna? It's totally changed my perspective in life. I've made my health a priority and that's something that was close to the bottom of my list. I think, as you mentioned earlier, Stephanie, you know, as busy mums, professional people, 
we have so many different roles that we have and people pulling us here and there. It's so easy to make your health, you know, put your health last. So my health I now put first. I, well, I've just had my COVID vaccine. So that's something I had yesterday. I, now that I'm eligible, you know, I certainly take the time to get my checks and I just, you know, listen to my body, which is something I never did before. So it's certainly been a game changer. I know that, you know, every day is a blessing. You know, I, there's a little saying that I use, you know, start every day so the sun is shining. And I think if you wake up and you look out the window and the sun is shining, it puts you in that beautiful mood, well, you know, really positive mood for the for the rest of the day. So I tend now to, that's a bit of a mantra that I have, just start every day so the sun shining. Um, you just never know what is around the corner. And I've just become a yes person, you know, I say yes to everything. Yes to getting my health checks, to, you know, any opportunity to catch up with people or reconnect with people that I, you know, may have always been a bit too busy to do. Um, you know, lots of lovely, just seeing my boys grow up uh, and, you know, trying to get out for a, for a walk, um, just enjoying nature a bit more. And, and another saying that I love is that, you know, we can't stop the waves, but we can learn to surf. And I think that's certainly what I found with bowel cancer and my diagnosis. You know, you, you can never stop something like that coming, but you can deal with it. You know, you can find a way to deal with it. I think that's wonderful advice. Finally, Donna, I'm going to ask you three quick takeouts that you would like people to take away from this podcast. Put your health as your first priority. Talk about bowel cancer. Talk, you know, I love hearing from people that say, oh, we, we had a chat to Donna, this was her story, and then they go and, and tell someone else about it. So certainly listening to your body and not sweating the small stuff. Donna, they are great tips. Thank you so much for being on the Bottom Line podcast today, but also thank you for everything you do for Bowel Cancer Australia and having put yourself out there in your profile to raise awareness for bowel cancer. It is Australia's second deadliest cancer and it is preventable, treatable and beatable, as you said. You are such a breath of fresh air. Thank you for always having a positive outlook on any given situation. Thank you for sharing your story today on the Bottom Line podcast. And I really look forward to that glass of wine we promised we'd have together. It's a pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you so much. A real pleasure to talk to you and your listeners. And yes, I'm a very proud ambassador for bowel cancer. So thanks, Stephanie. Thank you so much for listening to the Bottom Line podcast. To find out more about bowel cancer or for support or simply to donate, please go to bowelcanceraustralia.org.